Hello, it's Friday the 13th of October. I'm Miranda Sawyer and luckily I'm not superstitious. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we take a big pile of British newspapers and transform them into something beautiful, like a papier-mâché floral arrangement or a lovely hat that looks like a boat. Or we could just roll them up and use them as good old-fashioned bedbug bashers. We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, so why not subscribe? That way you'll always have something to listen to on the bus and something to talk about when you meet clever people at parties. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Horror pick. Daily Telegraph decides to print a photograph of a baby killed by Hamas. Other papers do not. We've all done it. Bernie Eccleston confesses he forgot he had £400 million in a trust. It's fined £650 million. And park life. Why some people love a bit of it. Park run, we mean. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've crashed the deadline and we're hiding from the subs. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is writer for the critic and party conference survivor, Rob Hutton. Hello, Rob. Hello. Also with us is writer for his own books and party conference avoider, Fergus Craig. Hi, Fergus. Hello. So what have we got on the front pages today? Rob, have a go. So we've obviously got that the Telegraph front page, which we will be talking about in a moment. The Times uh, splash says Israel shows mutilated babies. Um, they have decided not to show these uh, the specific photo. Interestingly, the picture they have got next to it is a picture of Palestinian children um, covered in blood after airstrikes. The uh, mirror is also on Israel-Palestine. Uh, the headline is Royal Navy on way, though it's not entirely clear what they're going to do when they get there. And um, as we're talking about the photos, it's just a, a sort of general shot of explosions over Gaza. The um, Daily Mail uh, sort of tries to bring the story home. Uh, PM tells police to get a grip on anti-Israel hate. Fergus, what do you have? The Guardian has U.S. promises arms to Israel as U.N. sounds Gaza warning. Uh, the I has Sunak sends in the military as U.K. and U.S. urge Israeli restraint. But as Rob says, I think that's just the Navy, which is hard to understand what that's going to do. And uh, the Daily Star has the other big story of the week, which is uh, bedbugs. Psycho scumbag bedbugs hiding in our drawers. I think that's the development, isn't it, that the psycho scumbag bedbugs were originally in our beds and now have moved to our drawers. I saw psycho scumbag bedbags on the Don Peel stage in 2004, I think. Very true. Now, let's have another look at this very strange kind of confrontational front page of The Telegraph, um, where it warns us, the readers, that he's chosen to publish a picture of a dead baby killed by Hamas. Um, The picture was originally posted on the Israeli government's social media channels, which said um, the picture was taken by the armed forces. Um, What's the Telegraph doing here, Rob? Well, I I think I'm going to I'm going to describe the front page to you. The entire 
top half of the paper. So what you'd see if the paper's folded on the newsstand is just the text of the tweet that Israel uh, sent yesterday afternoon. This is the most difficult image we'd ever posted. As we were writing this, we are shaking. We went back and forth about posting this, but we need each and every one of you to know this happened. And then underneath in, uh, I have to say, rather smaller and more easily missable writing, it says, the picture on page three is harrowing, but the Daily Telegraph believes it is a vital portrait of a horrendous attack. And if you turn to page three... Um, there is a picture that that Israel has released, blurred out of I mean of, of a dead baby. Yeah. Um, but it would be very easy to miss that warning, is what I thought when I picked up the Telegraph, because it's a big, it's a, you know, there's a big headline, and then there's a tiny little thing saying actually it's on page three, and you might not, you could really easily miss it and just turn it and see the picture. Yeah, I, I absolutely think you could, especially if you're sort of if you get the the paper through the door and do, which I have to say probably puts you in the older generation if you're still getting a paper delivered and you're you know you're opening it and i mean this is this stuff has just always been incredibly difficult judgment for for newspapers to make you know it was just, well, what do, what do people want to see over their cornflakes what do, versus sort of what what ought we ought they to see what ought they to know about what's going on in the world and the telegraph has, has taken a decision people ought to see this people ought to understand what happened the Times, interestingly, has has said, well, they've re- you know its lead story is that these pictures have been released, but it says we don't think yeah it says, we don't we don't think we are. We, you it should says see we're them. choosing not to publish because they are too graphic. Yeah, the the, the Telegraph has only published one. Actually, the the Israel tweet had a series of pictures, um, and it's, it's an odd thing. I, I sort of I was found myself thinking of nine eleven in those days. I was sort of a sub at the Mirror and helping to put the paper together and because of where you were sitting you could see what was on the picture editor's big monitor and he was getting the full feed of everything so and, some terrible awful photos yes because everything's coming in and then he's making a decision how are we going to tell people that this has happened and how are we going to convey that this has happened while at the same time at some level I do. I do. It is a question of respect, of not being purient. Of I just think. I just think that I. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stand in judgment on either the editors of the Times or the Telegraph this morning. You have to make this call yourself, and and, and it's, it's very difficult. hard to know. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I felt a little bit that the Telegraph front page is slightly taking its cue from its online edition. So this came up online uh-huh. last night before, obviously, it was printed. But there's the same headline, but it says, actually, you can see the picture if you click here. Fergus, that idea of something horrible or banned being one click away, that feels incredibly familiar to me. It's just the internet. Yeah, I always think about the fact that throughout history, there's always been lots of horrible things happening somewhere in the world yeah. all of the time. But now it's always there for us whenever we want it, or maybe don't want it. It's just there on our phones to look at. Mm. So it's a really, it's been, it's a really difficult decision. I agree with Rob that I, I don't judge either the Telegraph or the Times. Mm. I think it's a really difficult decision, but it's a decision that we have to make in our lives this week. Like, what am I prepared to look at? How? much is it my responsibility to follow this to what degree should i do that and to what degree should i watch married at first sight instead yeah to calm down it's 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 a really tricky thing but like at that i mean 
I think the people who were celebrating a few days ago, yeah. I, I don't think we'll get them, but I think there's some apologies to be made there. Now, on the front page of a few papers, including the Metro, the Express and the Mail, is a picture of gorgeous pouting billionaire Bernie Eccleston. 92, the ex-boss of Formula One, Fergus. What is Bernie doing on the front pages? Right. Well, essentially, a couple of years ago, he committed fraud by forgetting to declare a trust which had uh, 400 million quid in it. To be fair, tax returns are really complicated. <laughs> they are. <laughs> he genuinely I, I, forgot. I, I, I hate doing my tax return. I, it's, um, yeah. you know, it's hard. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, he was uh, charged with fraud. Yesterday, he pleaded guilty and paid a £600 million fine uh, to get out of prison. I think if, you, um, if you're in a position of life in life where you can pay a £600 million fine and still be a billionaire, you've done well. You really have. And, but also, what a nice thing to be able to avoid prison, just like that. Bernie... One, he's 92, and there's pictures of him in all of the papers, and I've seen some videos as well. And uh, before I say some mean things about Bernie Eccleston, I'd just like to say one nice thing. I think he has, for a 92-year-old man, he has incredible posture. <laughs> That's true. I think he yeah, has better yeah. posture than me. But, like, yes, he's avoided prison, uh, partly because uh, he managed to get a doctor to say he had a heart condition, yeah. which I would say was somewhat undermined by the fact that as he left court, he went to buy donuts <laughs> in Borough Market. <laughs> I I would say you would have thought maybe a, a factor in it is, as we learnt this week, the prisons are full and there's no room in the prisons. But I would suggest there is room for Bernie Eccleston. Yeah, because he's not he's, very big. He's so small. He could fit in someone's bedside drawer. There is, <laughs> well, but the bed bugs are in the bedside drawer. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was trying to remember when this story came up this morning. I was trying to remember. I knew that we all hated Bernie Eccleston, <laughs> but I couldn't. But I couldn't remember why. Yeah. So I went on his uh, Wikipedia page, mm. which I recommend. It's a good read. Yeah. There's a there's a bit in the Daily Mail. There's a big biography of him today, which I don't know. Maybe that's worth reading. But the Wikipedia page is a great Wikipedia page. Mm. I think it's a good ambition in life to, uh, if you have a Wikipedia page, not have a controversy section. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do have a controversy section. I would suggest it would be great not to have within that controversy section the subheading Hitler remarks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, he's a fan of Putin as well, isn't he? He is, yes. He's a fan of um, dictators in general. He's um, a plucky little fellow and he's done well. And I wish him the best. <laughs> I'd like to just, I would, I would like to say exactly how much, this is so HMRC. So like basically because he um, said, oh, I forgot to mention 400 million pounds. They've now taken him to court and he's agreed to pay. And it's such a precise amount. This is what I really like. 652 million, 634,836. Pounds. And they, Not they, a penny H, more. HMRC don't do because you know from tax return they don't they 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 don't they don't bother with the pennies. To be fair to them, yeah, you know they they're always very decent. I feel when I put in my and fifty p and they say we don't worry about the fifty p. Yeah, well. that's it. That's if I, if I work for Labour, I'd be putting out a press release today saying they've allocated that money <laughs> to something. 
Yeah. What three hundred forty million pounds of that charge was a penalty by saying he's guilty. He's admitted to the biggest personal fraud in UK history. Congratulations. Well done. Just well done, everyone. Well everyone, done. well done, everyone involved in this story. Just well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's more money bits in the paper, isn't there? There's um, uh, The FT's reported that Microsoft has got a massive tax bill and there's a demand for $28.9 billion in back taxes. So that's in America. But somebody else in money is having a bit of a bad time oh, in the yes, UK. Right. So, He's made the front page of the FT, hasn't he? Um, yeah, this is Jess Staley, mm. who your listeners may not be familiar with. Um, but he has to forfeit £17.8 million in sort of bonuses because he misled the bank's board about his relationship with creepy sex offender uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, so he was Um, the boss of Barclays and he came over from JP Morgan and reassured them that he wasn't wasn't that much of a mate with Epstein. Yeah, barely met him once or twice. Did a mm. podcast with him, barely know him. <laughs> uh, and it turns out that then then a whole cache of emails were released, which I think you can read in the Sunday Times archives that reveal a bit bit closer than that, little yeah. little bit closer than that. Exactly. So, and he has to pay a fine as well. And it, yeah, no, it's all. Um, I mean, generally, it's just. I mean, you know, I mean, I hate to say shard and fraud because it's a terrible <laughs> joke, but there is a little <laughs> bit of shard and fraud around it, isn't there? Now, every day, Papercuts brings you the headline highlights, the ones that curved around the obvious obstacles and soared into the back of the net. We do this because we love them and we know you do too, which is why every week we bring you our Fix the Headline competition. We've found a fabo story with a lame-o headline, one of those rare cases where the subs missed an open goal. This week's penalty is in the sun, where there's a story about a 107-year-old woman who has credited tea with the secret to her long life. The headline, Brew wants to live forever. The headline equivalent of Harry Kane's second penalty against France, i.e. not very good. Luckily, we know you can score instead. Just go to at Papercut Show on X or Threads and check out the story there. Use the hashtag fix the headline and give us a brilliant header. See what I did there? Let's find some good examples today, shall we? What is out there? Fergus, what have you got? Uh, I've got, there's a story in the Daily Mirror about a fisherman who found bubble-wrapped packages of cocaine worth £1 million floating in the sea. Mm. Which first I'd say, like to say is the, a very good premise for the, the start of a movie. Isn't it? Very much so. And uh, the headline for that is Line Fishing. Very good. Yeah. Clever. Clever, clever. And uh, there's a great story in The Sun about, uh, for whatever reason, Christa Burr, uh, signed a tin of beans, and um, <laughs> they're saying now that that uh, could be the most valuable tin of beans in the world, uh, uh, and worth at least eighty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest that if celebrities start doing this, that price could re- could rise quite quickly. Um, they also, in this piece, uh, describe him as the oft maligned melancholic crooner. <laughs> But the headline is uh, Chris DeBurp. <laughs> it's pretty good all round. Also in the sun, uh, this is a great story that's in several of the papers about a um, chap named Robert Wood who um, claimed he'd been injured in a car crash and uh, it got a £10,000 payout from Aviva Insurance and only slightly undermined this by then going on the TV show Ninja Warrior. <laughs> Um, and, and the excellent headline is uh, Karate Kidder. Very good. We Very like good. that. Um, rare 
headline entry from Plucky Outsiders, The Times. Got a great story about songs from uh, Nirvana and 90s rappers being used uh, in schools as part of the sort of new sort of curriculum. And the headline is, here we are now, educate us. Very good. We like that. And uh, finally, over to um, Papercut's favourite, The Star, which has got a battle over the future of uh, Britain's fish suppers, with people being urged to stop eating what is actually my personal favourite. And the headline is, Tartar to Scampi. <gasps> but the tartar is spelled tartar. Tar is spelled tar, like tartar tar sauce, which is, what, which is what makes scampi so lovely. Oh, well, so you can just mainline the sauce. You don't need the scampi. Your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell. And me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's have a look at the middly bit of the papers between the bleakness of the front pages and the bollocks of the back. The fun and fluff of the press, where columnists tell us what to wear, where to live and what to listen to, because how would we know otherwise? There is a piece in The Times about Parkrun. And the hook for this piece is uh, an amazing young runner who's nine years old called Louis Robinet, who ran the 5K of the Parkrun in Poole, in Dorset, in 17 minutes and 40 seconds, which is unbelievable and actually a Parkrun record. I am madly impressed. I am correct to be madly impressed. Oh, I mean, I could do better, obviously, but I choose not to. Ben, also, you're not nine. No. (laughs) (laughs) That is so... So fast, yeah, isn't no, it is it? very. That is that is legit. Very fast. It's really fast. Um, Do you park run? Have, I have you been known? Everyone's have, been known to park run. I, I have. I have. I think I have park run once. I mean, my son is a mad park runner. I, for me, the loneliness of the long distance running is the whole thing. I don't. I don't want other people. I want to go and run in the woods and listen to my miserable books about politics and. And not, <laughs> have to talk, not have to talk to people. Yeah, well, perhaps crying at the same time. Um, what about you, Ferg? I've run in parks. I don't park run. Oh, right. Is it not good for you? No, I, it's, yeah, it doesn't appeal to me much as it doesn't to Rob. It, it, like, it's this, I remember reading an interview with Michael Palin, who sort of ran mm. all his life. And he doesn't even like log his times. He just, he runs for about 50 minutes and then he goes home. He's got no idea how far he ran, how fast he ran. He just runs, and that seems like the right way. I mean, I'll do Strava, where you sort of at least know how far you ran. Do you get the little map thing? Yeah, yeah. the little map yeah. thing. But what I don't do, because I'm not a... <laughs> 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 is post my uh, Strava runs online. On, on Facebook. Do, but yeah. that's a way of people making friends, isn't it? Sure, yeah. But it, I guess part run is this thing where I guess I get the idea of togetherness and all that, but it feels like... This sort of thing of like, if people don't know about it, did it really exist? People feel like everything they do needs to be in some way logged. Yeah. My favourite Strava story, and this is from a few years ago, 
is so Strava for people who don't know is a is a running app that you where you can you can track your running and so on. And they used to put the maps everyone had done up. And somebody noticed that out in deserty places where the US military definitely was neither confirming or denying it had presences, that you could see these little rectangular runs around what, as it were, might be an army base (laughs) (laughs) whose existence was only known on Strava because you could see all the the special forces guys doing laps every morning and then uploading them like like doers, I have to say. I have done park run. I've done it once. And I did it in that classic way of... um, uh, of the first Saturday after New Year, which is so, I am so basic. <laughs> so I did it with my son who was young at the time and um, he was, he's super fit and he ran off and that was great. And I plodded very steadily round the course and felt very pleased with myself. And I got given a number, which was like 129. And I thought, okay. And then my son told me you could check your times online. And I thought, well, I finished it. I'll go and have a look. Let's have a look. And Online, it told me I'd come something like 347th and I was actually the third slowest. And I was really upset about this because I'd got a little thing that said I was 129. So I emailed them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a divvy. I emailed them and said, well, actually, I got a thing that said I came 129th. And they said, <laughs> they said there were so many people running because it was New Year. We just had to reuse the numbers and we just gave you a random number and the times don't lie. <laughs> You were third from the back. And the thing is, I can remember the people behind me. Literally, one of them was a small child running with her mum and the other one had never had never run before ever. And the, honestly, the other one was like kind of walking his dog at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, I only did it once. Never again. I'm very, very slow. I'm not as slow as my girlfriend who has been known to be overtaken by people who are walking. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. I've been laughed at by teenagers. I mean, you know, you get used to it. <laughs> In the Express, there's an exciting news about a new political party called the Beer Party of Austria. Um, It is enjoying a surge in the polls on on its manifesto. What its manifesto does is promise everyone beer. Right. (laughs) So it's doing very well. It's polling at 12 percent ahead of the uh, Vienna state election. So it could come in third. So this party is founded by a man called Dominic in 2015. And he's in a punk band called Turbo Beer. (laughs) And he uses sensing a theme. Yeah, exactly. He uses the stage name Marco Pogo, which I think is really, really good. But anyway, I'm going to give you the manifesto and you can see if you would, might want to vote for him. Um, uh, he's going to install a beer fountain in Vienna. This is so student-y, isn't it? A beer fountain. Also, he's going to charge 50% tax on Radlers, but I don't know what Radlers is. What's Radlers? I think the idea is that that's an awful beer. Right. Right. I, I have, I've done some research because I'm yeah. a proper journalist and it's basically shandy. Oh, right. So it's not strong enough. So he doesn't approve. I, I, it, I, it, it will be sweeter and fizzier and uh, lightweight. And lightweight. Yeah. OK, fine. Sounds and, nice. I mean, I like shandy. I like, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, not, quite excited. I'm a bitter shandy man. You can't get pubs to give you bitter shandy. They just don't believe you. There's a guy at my local who uh, has Guinness shandies. You're all weird. OK, no, that's, that is odd, though. That's... <laughs> anyway, he's also vowed, to, you know, our, our friend Marco Pogo, has vowed to give all Austrian households a monthly barrel of beer, 50 litres for the adults and 20 litres for the kids. <laughs> the kids today don't like the beers, so... <laughs> well, so when he's going to make them like it, isn't it? I mean, it's an interesting manifesto to stand on, isn't it? It all sounds fun, do you mm. know what I mean? And it's fodder for podcasts and yeah. newspapers, and it all sounds fun. But the last political party I was aware of 
that was led by an Austrian and formed and formed in <laughs> formed beer, in beer hall. Hall. <laughs> It didn't end well. So no, not as we... funny and you're laughing now, are yeah. we? I would suggest it's something we need to keep an eye on. <laughs> and that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Rob. Thank you. And thanks to Fergus. Thank you. Remember, we'd love your support so we can continue to bring Paper Cuts to you every single weekday. We are 100% backer-free and entirely independent, so all your contributions are hugely welcome. So why not chip in? £3 a month means you get every episode without adverts. If you support us with a little bit more, you can enjoy an extra story or two at the end of each episode, plus the unique opportunity to snaffle the highly exclusive Papercuts t-shirts and mugs. Follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutshow.com to find out more. Our supporters get a shout out on the show and here are three now. Hello, Kevin Roche, and thank you very much. Hello, Tim Jeffries. Your name sounds famous. Uh, that's what I thought. It just sounds yeah. like a famous person. Yeah, they've yeah. probably got a column. Um, and bonjour and muchas gracias to John Woodthorpe. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the Metro reveals that some astrologers think the moon is evil and want to destroy it because it is too bright. See you on Monday. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer. Rob Hutton and Fergus Craig. Producer is Liam Tate, with assistance from Adam Wright. An audio production by me, Robin Lieber. Music by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin, designed by Jim Parrott, and original art by Modern Toss. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, group editor Andrew Harrison, and executive producer Martin Boytosh. Papercuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs> <laughs>